Welcome to Israel and You, bringing Israel and the Jewish people into focus. Our host is Aaron David Free, president of Israel Team Advocates International. Aaron is an author, speaker, Bible teacher, and an advocate for Israel and the Jewish people on college campuses nationwide. This is Israel and You. Hey, welcome to Israel and You. And today we're going to talk about Zionism and why I personally am a Zionist. And I believe that every Christian, everyone who names the name of Christ, should be a Zionist as well. And last Friday was International Holocaust Remembrance Day, Friday the 27th of January. And on that day, there was an attack in Israel, a terrorist attack. Actually, there was two terrorist attacks in the old city of Jerusalem. Uh, Seven people were shot and killed and at least three others were wounded in a terrorist shooting attack near the synagogue in Jerusalem's Neve Yaakov neighborhood. And um, it was a Palestinian terrorist. And according to police, the terrorists arrived by car at 8.13 p.m. in the Jewish East Jerusalem neighborhood and opened fire at people outside the synagogue and others who were passing by. So this is on International Holocaust Remembrance Day, and this Palestinian terrorist chooses this day to murder uh, Jewish people as they're going to their place of worship, which should be um, a very safe place. And then the same day, a 13-year-old boy, uh, a Palestinian young boy, uh, attempted to murder other people in the old city, and he shot two men, and uh, he was fired upon and wounded. And it, it is a culture of death that um, is happening right now in the Palestinian territories. And of course, the terrorist organization Hamas, they took uh, responsibility for both of these attacks, and they um, praised the two terrorists as heroes by killing innocent Jews. And so what is Zionism? I mean, why are the Jews constantly under attack? Because they are living in the land of Israel. They believe that it is their right, uh, both biblically and legally, to return to their own land, to the land of Zion. And so if you believe that, then you are a Zionist. If you believe the Jewish people Uh, have a right biblically and legally to live in that uh, territory, in that land, then you yourself are a Zionist. And I I do believe that every Christian should be a Zionist because the Bible itself says that this is God's land and he has deeded this land to the Jewish people. And so right now there's a land dispute, and that's what's going on. It's been going on for years and the Palestinian people are accusing the Jewish people of an illegal occupation. And the dispute, you'll find out in a moment, is not about land. It's never been about land. Islamic landmass is 600 times the land of Israel. So why are we having a dispute about land when the majority of the land of the Middle East uh, belongs to the Arab people, why is it that there is a land dispute over this tiny little patch of real estate <clears throat> known as the state of Israel? Well, interestingly, Israel does have the legal right to live in this land. And what the Palestinians call it is an illegal occupation. And many evangelicals today 
have been swept up with the hysteria of this lie that it is an illegal occupation. So let me set the record straight today about the legal right of Jews to be Zionist, the legal right for you and I uh, to stand with the Jews and to call ourselves Christian Zionist. Well, in the San Marino, San Marino Treaty in Italy <clears throat> in April 1920, it was after World War I, and the League of Nations joined together to establish mandates for the, uh, the territory known for a thousand years as Mesopotamia or the Ottoman Empire. And of course, the Ottoman, Ottomans, they stood with Germany uh, to fight against uh, the Allied powers, the League of Nations, and uh, they were defeated. And so now the League of Nations, they joined together in San Remo, Italy in April 1920, and they break up this huge swath of land into nation states. And they, they made mandates because they said, you know, these, these uh, many of them better ones that helped uh, the League of Nations fight against Germany in World War I, uh, they need time to govern and a time to establish their countries. So the area was under different mandates uh, to help these people establish their countries. And so the Belfort Declaration 1917, the, the Brits declared that the Jewish people themselves would have a right to return to their homeland, Israel. And so <clears throat> under the, the uh, San Remo Treaty, all these, this territory was broken up into nation states and the Jewish people came under the British mandate and the French mandate. It was present-day Israel and also all of what is known today as uh, Jordan that was given to the Jewish people and a huge swath of land. And so all the nations that we see today in the Middle East, they, they all got their borders legally in the San Remo Treaty. Well, what happened when, when the Jewish people received this huge swath of land, there were many Arabs that said, you can't do that because this land was under Muslim rule for years. And even though, yes, the Jews have occupied this land steadily for thousands of years and have lived there for thousands of years, you can't give this land to people who are not Islamic, who are not Muslim. And so there were 300,000 Hashemite Bedouins that appealed to the Brits that uh, they wanted the area east of the Jordan. And so it was called, they said, you know, what do you want to call your land? They said, well, it's, it's near the Jordan River. How about if you call us the Jordanians? And so Jordan was born and Israel was kicked out of the legal land right to all of that property. And they were, instead of given um, 100% of this land, they were given 15%. And 85% was taken from them and given to these Hashemite Bedouins who called themselves Jordanians. And um, so that's, that's what happened. And so the Jewish people, they said, you know, we'll take it. We'll take the 15%. We just want to live in peace. And again, because this land was occupied uh, by Muslims, the whole of Mesopotamia uh, was under Muslim control. 
the Islamists have said, you know what, the Jews can't have it. They'll never live in peace because Muhammad says once you give up a piece of land that was under Islam, you must fight to take it back. And so from that time, the San Remo t- Treaty in 1920, the Jews were under constant terror attacks from uh, Arab people, uh, murders, knife killings, all the rest. And then finally in 1948, when the United Nations recognized the Jewish people, given them their own state, um, five Arab nations attacked to drive the Jewish people out of their little 15% of landmass. Five Arab nations said, we're going to drive Israel into the Mediterranean. We're going to murder all of them. And that didn't work. Israel won the War of Independence and gained a little more land. In 1967, the Six-Day War, they, they occupied Jerusalem for the first time in 2,000 years. They, they, they took back the city of Jerusalem. And my always, I always have this question. Why didn't the Jordanians, that the land was under their control all those years up until 1967, when they fought against the Jews and the Jews were able to occupy the land of uh, the, uh, uh, the city of Jerusalem, why didn't the Jordanians make Jerusalem their capital at that time? And the reason why is because Israel, I'm sorry, Jerusalem is never mentioned in the Islamic Quran. It's not, not even an issue. It's not even an important city to them. Uh, but it's mentioned over 800 times in the Bible. It's very important to the Jewish people, but it is not important in Islam. But all of a sudden, when the, when the Jews uh, uh, won over the city of Jerusalem from uh, the Jordanians after the Jordanians attacked them, now all of a sudden, all these years since 67, well, it, Jerusalem is very important to us. It's, it's our capital. And so the Israeli-Palestinian conflict is not a dispute about land. Let me say that again. The Israeli-Palestinian conflict is not a dispute about land. It's a dispute about Jews, Jews living in their rightful place. It's because, again, under Islamic law, once a, a, a piece of property has been occupied under Islam, you must fight, you must murder, you must do everything to take it back. And so all these years, the Jews have been called uh, illegal, illegal occupants of the land. And now they're being accused of being an apartheid state uh, th- because they built a wall to protect themselves from Palestinian terrorists. And so the new anti-Semitism, whenever you hear the phrase human rights, that's the new anti-Semitism uh, that the world now is saying that, that the Jewish people are violating Palestinian human rights and so, therefore, uh, they're illegal occupants of that land. And because they're violating human rights, we have the, the right to drive them into the sea. The, the new motto in many uh, anti-Israel voices is, um, from the river to the sea, Palestine will be free. And during the second intifada, which was between around 2000 to 2005, I visited Israel nine times, and uh, we went over with defibrillators to give to the Jerusalem Fire Department because many people that were uh, in, in buses, that the buses were blown up by Palestinian suicide bombers, 
uh, many people died not from uh, the shrapnel from the bombs, but they died because their hearts collapsed because of the impact and their heart stopped. And so we, we donated defibrillators to help the fire department revive Jewish people that uh, were, were uh, you know, killed, their hearts stopped in, in the bombings. And so you remember those days, uh, bus bombings, restaurants were bombed. A thousand Jews were murdered uh, by suicide bombers in that second intifada. They were literally blown to pieces. And my wife and I were there one, one trip, and we traveled around the city of Jerusalem uh, with a group known as Zaka Israel in a Magon David Adom ambulance. And that was my, my wife, Sharon. She's a medical person. It was her first introduction to Israel was to ride around the streets of Jerusalem during the intifada in an ambulance and so Zaka Israel, it was a group of 900 volunteers during that intifada. And <clears throat> when the attacks happened, the suicide bombs, which were consistent and constant, um, many people perished. And so Zaka Israel would go into a restaurant or a, you know, a bus bombing, and they would uh, reattach limbs and arms uh, as best they could because a Jewish person needs to be buried with their blood, and uh, they would, you know, put the people back together as best they could, the deceased, so that they could have a proper burial, and uh, just a terrible, terrible situation. And, and I was there during that time and saw this firsthand. There were 2,400 Jewish people that were wounded, and to be classified as wounded didn't mean you just had a scratch or, you know, your arm was bleeding a little. To be classified as wounded, you had to have a missing limb or a missing eye or a missing nose. And so it was a terrible, terrible situation. And so what happened as a result, uh, Israel built walls to protect from terrorists coming in to the state of Israel to murder innocent people. And so I was in a hospital during that time in Jerusalem. There were victims of terror that I visited. Well, in the same hospital was the suicide bomber that survived his attack, and he was there receiving the care and the treatment of Jewish doctors. So today, Israel is being accused of human rights violations. It is completely untrue, but we'll continue to talk about why you should be a Zionist, why I am a Zionist when we come back from the other side of the break. We'll see you on the other side. Hello, I'm Aaron Free, President of Israel Team Advocates. Israel Team is standing in the gap for the Jewish people in a time of growing anti-Semitism in America. And there are many forces, even within Christianity, that want to divide the land of Israel and the city of Jerusalem. There has to be those who proclaim the truth about Israel in a time when nations are calling for her demise. Our organization works on college campuses where anti-Israelism is in vogue, especially on evangelical college campuses. Evangelical anti-Israel groups highly financed by George Soros and his Open Society organization are pushing evangelical millennials towards the abyss of anti-Semitism, and they are succeeding. One such group, the Telos Group, is funding 
all expense paid trips for young pastors and evangelical college students to Israel where they feed them lies about the Jewish people and the land and they come home anti-Israel. In just the last four years, evangelical young people have cut their support in half for Israel. In a survey in 2018, 69% of evangelical young people said they supported the Jewish people. A new survey in 2021 found that only 33% of evangelical young people support the state of Israel. So if we don't push back against the growing anti-Israelism within evangelical movement, evangelicalism could be anti-Israel within just a few short years. I'm asking you to help Israel team in this fight. I'm asking you to stand with us as we stand for God's covenant with Abraham and the land and the great nation that God has building in Israel. Will you give to Israel Team today? And there's two ways you can give. Go to our website, israelteam.org, to donate section and you can give securely online be sure to give us your mailing address so that we can send you our new book the casualty of contempt you can also mail your donation to israel team find our address on our website israelteam.org that's israelteam.org this is israel and you bringing israel and the jewish people into focus hey welcome back to israel and you and um, I'm reporting to you today some recent events that have happened in Israel. And I'm declaring that I, I am a Christian Zionist. I believe in the legal return, both biblically and legally, of the Jewish people uh, to their land, to the land of Zion. And so that makes me a Zionist. And I hope you will join me in being a Zionist as well. And what's interesting is today in the International Criminal Court, at The Hague, uh, they bring human rights violations against nations. And you would think they would, they would be coming after places like North Korea or Syria that has gassed its own people. But 85% of all human rights violations coming out of the International Criminal Court at The Hague, who are they against? The Jewish people, the land of Israel, the state of Israel. It's amazing. So that's the new anti-Semitism, is when we call Israel uh, a violator of human rights. That's the new anti-Semitism. No one questions the Jordanians' claim to their land, or the Saudi Arabians' claim to their land, or the United Arab Emirates' claim to their land, or Syria or Iran, uh, on down the line of of uh, Arab nations throughout the Middle East. But when it comes to the Jewish people, everyone, many people question their land rights. Well, in 1948, there were, when Israel uh, was granted by the United Nations uh, to become a state, five Arab nations uh, attacked uh, Israel. And so they, they told all the Arabs living there, you know, get out, uh, leave the the area because we're going to kill everybody and uh, there's no such thing as a palestinian people there never was israel at that time was called palestine in fact when they went back to the land the jewish newspaper in tel aviv was called the palestinian press and so the jews were seen as palestinians uh, but but suddenly Yasser Arafat, around 1984, he declared we are the Palestinian people, and he created a people group that was never there. And so these people living there, the Arab people, they were from all different lands of the Middle East. 
they uh, were called to leave because five Arab nations were about ready to murder everybody, ethnic cleanse the Jews out of, out of their land. And so 250,000 fled and they became refugees. And the Arab nations never allowed them to assimilate into their lands. And there's still many of them in refugee camps today. Well, at the same time, 800,000 Jews were kicked out of their homes in Arab nations. And many of them, either some went to America, uh, other places in Europe, and many of them went to Israel where they're instantaneously assimilated and became Israelis. And so today we're, we're seeing this huge conflict uh, with what is still called Palestinian refugees and the Jewish state, but they were never allowed to assimilate. And so the, the, um, the radical Islamists use the Palestinian people as pawns to declare that, you know, they've never been given their land back and the Jews are illegally occupying the land. So how does the world call an illegal occupation something that was declared in the San Remo Treaty in 1920, Israel was given its own legal borders, just like all the other nations in the Middle East were given legal borders at the San Remo Treaty in 1920. How, how is it that we call it an illegal occupation when the Belfort Declaration of 1917 declared uh, that the Jewish people would have their own homeland? How is it we call it an illegal occupation when in 1947 the UN Partition Plan, Resolution 181, declared that the Jews would have their own state, the state of Israel. So Israel has the legal right to dwell within her own borders. And so it's puzzling to me why many evangelical Christians today oppose Zionism. And again, what is Zionism? It is the return of the Jewish people to their own land. Uh, and we believe uh, ultimately, biblically, they have a right to be there. But then, legally, they have a right to be there. And so, when Israel has the legal authority under Resolution 181 of the United Nations, under the San Remo Treaty, to live in their own land, and for Christians, even a higher authority, which is God's Word. And God declares it is His land, and He declares Himself the God of Israel. You know that God doesn't say he's the God of America or the God of Australia or the God of uh, Great Britain. He is the God of Israel. The only land on the planet that he has identified himself with is the nation of Israel. I am the God of Israel. And so it is actually God's land, but he's given the title deed of that land to Abraham and his descendants through his son Isaac. Yet today, this clear declaration by God himself is being debated, it's being challenged, it's being disputed in evangelical and mainline uh, churches, in evangelical mainline seminaries, and evangelical mega church pastors, seminary professors are challenging uh, God's declare, declaration that this land belongs to the Jewish people through Abraham and his descendants through Isaac. They're challenging God's word. They're challenging God's authority. And so to challenge that, you're not challenging 
uh, Israel per se. You're challenging the God of Israel. You're coming after the God of Israel himself, who is a Zionist, who has declared, this land is mine, the land of Zion is mine, and I give it by title deed to the Jewish people through Abraham and his son Isaac. And so that's what we're seeing today. And in my travels to college campuses, mainly evangelical college campuses, uh, this truth, this, this great biblical truth of Zionism is being challenged. Many colleges today, Christian colleges, I'm not able to visit because they'll tell me, Aaron, you know what? We're neutral on the issue. We don't want any controversy. So we're either neutral or we are anti-Israel. And so many evangelical campuses have gone that way. I was recently on an evangelical campus and um, a school of about 4,000 students, uh, you know, a classic evangelical school, traditional evangelical school. And the Old Testament professor there, the Hebrew professor said, you know, Aaron, I'd love to invite you to do a presentation. But the last time we brought someone in, we brought in a, a, a Jewish journalist to talk about what's happening, uh, you know, in, in Israel with the issue of terrorism. And uh, on our campus, we have an organization called the Students for Justice of Palestine, which is an anti-Israel organization allowed to establish a chapter on our campus, the professor told me. And so when this man spoke in chapel, uh, this group stood up, started shouting and screaming. The entire chapel service was turned upside down and the man had to be escorted out of the chapel service with security uh, to save his life. And so that's the kind of thing that's happening on many of our evangelical campuses today. And there has to be an organization like Israel Team that uh, we're going in, we are making presentations, we're trying to turn the tide uh, and change the narrative that has become very, very anti-Israel in these days. Uh, there's an organization called Christ at the Checkpoint, and they have a biannual uh, meeting at Bethlehem Bible College in, in Bethlehem, Israel. And uh, their manifesto is very interesting, the Christ at the Checkpoint manifesto. I'll, I'll read you three or four lines from the manifesto. Here's what they say. Racial ethnicity, and th again, this is an evangelical organization. Racial ethnicity alone does not guarantee the benefits of the Abrahamic covenant. Well, I would, I would disagree with that because God says uh, this land belongs to the Jewish people and it, it is theirs alone. And so God is no respecter of persons. He doesn't play favorites, but he does make distinctions. And he's made a distinction between Israel and all the nations of the earth. And so, yes, this is a lie. R racial ethnicity alone does not guarantee the benefits of the Abrahamic covenants. Yes, we believe that uh, through Christ, the blessings of Abraham come upon the Gentiles that believe. But th what they're talking about here is the land promise. Uh, it doesn't guarantee the Jews the land. Then they say, any exclusive claim to land of the Bible in the name of God is not in line with the teaching of the scripture. That is also a lie because the Jews have an exclusive claim to the land of the Bible because God gave it to them 
uh, through title deed. And then another line, this is line nine in the manifesto of Christ the Checkpoint. For Palestinian Christians, the occupation is the core issue of the conflict. And th there we have it. It's, it, it, it's a, they call it an illegal occupation, and that's what's stirring them up against the Jewish people. So I'm going to have to catch this up on, on next week's program. So we'll see you next week as we talk about why it's important to be a Zionist. <laughs>